Hello, and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including Infinity Train, book three, which we'll be talking about today. I'm your host, Alex Bonilla, and today I'm joined by Michelle Andrew. Hello. And April Collins. Hi there. Today we are discussing episodes six, seven, and eight of book three, uh, the Campfire Car, the Canyon of the Golden Wing Snakes Car, and the Hey Ho... The Hey Ho Woe car. Um, you can find our discussion on the first half of book three, which aired last week uh, at OverTheAnimated.com. You can also find us on YouTube at YouTube.com slash OverTheAnimated. And wherever you listen to us, we appreciate any ratings and reviews and comments you want to leave us. But yeah, well, here we are again um, to, in the second drop of this season. We have episodes 9 and 10 to look forward to next week. So this is our, our, our middle um, grouping of episodes and one full of uh, di- different goings on. Um, the continuing the, <laughs> the, the, the roller coaster that has been this train. Um, let's begin with the general the general feelings about uh, about these newest episodes and uh, where we're at with, with this season. Um, let's go to Michelle first. Um, how are you feeling after after watching these uh, three new episodes? Honestly, I feel a little better watching the end of these than the last drop, and maybe it's because I'm like more used to the tone of this season. Um, or something. I don't know if that's a hot take compared to you guys, but, like, I actually do feel, like, slightly better. Part of that, honestly, is that, like, I didn't expect to, like, stand Amelia, like, reformed Amelia so hard, but I totally do, and now I feel, like, (laughs) way more confident that Hazel and Grace are gonna be okay because Amelia's more or less on their side. So, like, initially I was like, oh, no, like, is Grace gonna be able to, like, stop Simon if he tries to, like, wheel... Hazel, but now it's like, no, nah, Amelia's there. Like, it's gonna, she's got that belt. Like, it's, it's, I think it's gonna be okay. But I mean, I didn't, I really didn't anticipate us meeting Amelia so soon. I, I didn't imagine Simon was gonna say go back to the cat so quickly. Like, a lot of the directions this took were really not what I was expecting, which was kind of nice. I mean, I got really broken up about the funeral, though. So I'm sure we'll talk about it. But, like, in general, I really enjoyed these. I think, like, just as painful as the last few. But, I mean, I I am kind of wondering at this point how they're going to close up everything, which I remember talking about that a lot the first season. Like, how are they going to conclude all this in, like, two more episodes? And they managed to. I'm just really wondering how that's going to work here because it feels like there's so many loose ends still. Okay. Okay. Thank, thank you for that. Um, April, let's let's go to you now. Um, how how are you feeling about these episodes? Well, I wasn't really expected or expecting to be like punched in the feelings, but that <laughs> happened with the campfire car. Um, so, uh, I, again, I know we'll have a lot to say about that um episode in particular, but I'm excited. Like Amelia's back. And that we get to see her. And she's just crazy. And I love it. Um, also, I'm very scared of Simon. Um, because yes, I, I have no idea like what he's going to do now. Um, especially at, after the end of Hey Ho Wokar. Like that. 
that that one that kind of hurt too like a little bit like I just could only imagine like his sense of betrayal um Mm -hmm. so there's a lot going on and I agree with Michelle that like like I don't really know how everything's going to be wrapped up this season um but again like that happened in the first season and so but they ended up doing it nicely in two episodes so i'm i'm looking forward to seeing like exactly how this wraps up and where we go i'm i also i what is grace's number (laughs) like i need to know (laughs) so what if it's like 13 or something by the end of the season? That's Wouldn't that be like, crazy? Like, that's what I'm expecting. Like, she's going to take her glove off and, th- and it's going to be like two. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I will say uh, my, my my general thoughts on the on this group was the, the well, first of all, the campfire car is the episode that most impressed me. I think that that's so far the best episode of, of the season to me, at least like oh. uh, the, the emotions that, that it got, that it got me to feel and just the general vibe uh, switching between grief and dread. It, it was all, it was all great. Um, the, the <laughs> other two episodes, uh, I, I enjoy Amelia coming back. I like I like bringing I like bringing her back. Especially it's more because like we've been talking about like when is she gonna show up? Like we can like feel it. So it's just good to finally have it here. Um, there's a lot of needing to catch up Simon and Grace on what the train actually is, even though like we the viewers already know it, which is always a tough task. To yeah, do it, interestingly. Yeah. So like that that kind of like pulls a little bit of the excitement out of those episodes for me. But at least and episode eight ends on um, you know um, digging into the broken psyche of of Simon, <laughs> which is like, well, um, this is going down a dark dark path, and I'm scared for. Episode so so it's it's i'm like it wasn't as exciting necessarily as last as last week's uh first batch i mean we had been waiting for so long for season three so like it's hard to it's hard to say to match that but like i do think of this this grouping definitely uh, continues it's the the good work of pulling at the heartstrings and like you know uh, um Put, putting putting us in uncomfortable situations uh so we'll we'll talk about all of that um let's see here who who, who do we want to like dig into first because every, everybody's going through stuff in, in these episodes um well <laughs> it's April your choice did, alex uh, well yeah. <laughs> uh, i'm, I'm trying to think we, where do we begin i mean we yeah have, right? we have like Grace, we have Hazel, who apparently she can control her, like, little emotion thing, which is kind of not, like, her shape-shifting, whatever. Um, So that's kind of interesting. Um, And I think that, like, helps. Also, I was under the impression that Simon knew she was a null at the end of episode five, but maybe I missed something. I don't remember. No, Um, he was inside the car, so he didn't see anything. Yeah. So... Um, gosh, there's so much. Yeah, Simon- I mean, well, well, well at, the end of that, <laughs> at the end of episode five, we, we get the reveal that Hazel is, is you know, a, a turtle. And it, episode six begins right, right there. And it immediately, like, swerves with the detail that she is confused and why this is happening. She doesn't She didn't know, know <laughs> that she was a turtle. I did not see that coming. I thought she was pretending to be human to blend in. But no, she just legit 
she legit didn't know that part of her was turtle. Yeah, that definitely felt like the leading theory at, at the time. And so, like, that that that's a nice uh, twist to get through pretty quickly at, at the beginning of the episode. And at, as it goes on, um, we, we learn more about her identity through Amelia, who shows up. And as it turns out, um, Amelia reveals that Hazel is part of her efforts to recreate Alric, that dead guy. Oh. <laughs> uh, so that, that, I believe that confirms the, the, the hybrid theory that I was throwing out last week that like it's like sort of a combination of human and null because uh, like she mentioned something like it was just a handkerchief which i to me like says oh human dna like that's the oh yeah, right yeah we're doing here and uh, so this this is what happened and uh, it, it hurts when when, when she uh, hazel's like but, but i'm hazel and Amelia's just like debatable like just like yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we said like one one in that moment it was very upsetting yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. Um, how, what what are your guys' feelings with what what's going on with Amelia and Hazel here, uh, Michelle? I mean, I was kind of shook. I mean, I love the fact that like both Simon and Grace are kind of like, oh, like you cloned a boyfriend. Oh, that's kind of weird. Like, yeah, that's like kind of sketchy that you've been doing this, Amelia. But I mean, I. I, I think it's really interesting that Amelia is just like she's she's been on this train for thirty three years. She doesn't remember the minutia of like which clone she made when or what girl she saved seven years ago. Like she doesn't remember any of that stuff. But it's had such a pivotal impact on the other people. And like I just I think that's really interesting as a juxtaposition. And I also think it's really interesting that like Hazel. It seems like her turtle powers only come out when she's really upset or angry, which, like, honestly feels very in line with, like, Steven and Steven Universe Future. Um, <laughs> like, that's literally oh, what yeah. his peak power was. It's a visual manifestation of showing, like, how, like, how you need to control emotions and, like, what really high energy, often negative emotions can manifest as, as this like alternative form basically. And I think that's a really interesting visual trick. It does really hurt me that Hazel has to physically learn to get this under, under control and like kind of like learn from Grace how to lie about how she's feeling and kind of lie to Simon. Like she's six years old. She shouldn't have to worry about this. But here we are. And this is like kind of a life or death situation for her. And I think that's just really sad to see. Like Hazel, it's so, it's, these episodes are so tough for her. And she was so happy before. Everything has just gone downhill since Tuba probably died. I'm still questioning that. But <laughs> I mean, what, real Tuba truther here. Seem a little, a little <laughs> more definitive, but I mean it's rough. I mean I am kind of impressed that she figured out how to get it under control so quickly after just barely finding out this was even a part of her. But she's been full of surprises the whole time. She seems like the most competent six year old I've ever met. So maybe anything's just possible with Hazel. Yeah, it, it it is kind of telling that she lived with with Tuba for who knows how long. She never had any of this like stress upon her. It's just when she finally meets the the, the humans that she actually came from is when she finally has to experience all these terrible things. Um, maybe there's a message there for for humankind. Uh, <laughs> 
Um, Teach it, them to lie young. Well, yeah, that, 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 that's one thing that you got to do to keep the peace, I guess. Uh, yeah. No, uh, and I, I was going to say, I, I, um, it, it, like, Hazel's very impressive. Um, like, just because, like Michelle was saying, the fact that, she, you know, she kind of has to hide her emotions and go along yeah. or play along with, like, what's happening. Um, so she could, cause again, it's a life or death situation. Uh, and I'm, I'm also kind of glad that like, I mean, she loses like some of her emotions, um, uh, every now and then. Um, but I like that for the most part, she has it under control simply because like, we don't really have time, um, to like focus on her trying to rein that part of herself in. So, um, I mean, it just, it kind of. I don't know. It is so sad that like Grace had to be like, you have to lie. Like that doesn't, that's not a good yeah. message to send. Like, <laughs> Oh, Grace. Just push your feelings down. As far as you don't can. Conceal, conceal, don't feel. Yeah. Hazel. That's your lesson for this chunk of the episodes. <laughs> Uh, that that new voice you're hearing is Maddie Potter, who's yes, just joined sure us. Uh, Matt, Maddie, what 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 were your feelings when, when we uh, we see um, Hazel and Amelia um, get together and that whole reveal is happening? Let me get myself back in that moment. I've kind of had a dramatic day. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Here's more for you. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. Um, I think that it was it was kind of how I expected Grace's story to go. I think the only thing that surprised me is that is the way that Grace reacted at the very end to Hazel to um, kind of rejecting her at the very end there for Simon's sake, it seemed like for, for like presentation's sake. I think that Hazel is still the same precious bead she was the whole time. (laughs) And I love, um, her slowly just being like, this is me. Why should I be upset about this? Like, th- th- like you're saying it's bad. I'm just scared my body's changing, but I'm not scared because this isn't me. This feels like me still. And I found that very real. Like, is that what we're talking about? We're talking about... Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I, I, I did, I did want to bring up... Last week, we talked a lot about, like, the different metaphors that you could pull out of uh, ha- uh, how Hazel's being treated by, by Grace and yeah. Simon. Do you believe that, that any of that changes, or if there's something added by, by this reveal? I think I talked about how... I'm, I'm sure I did, because I always talk about it, how this very much feels like a trans-type allegory, mm-hmm. where it's like this character has this... Um, like a lot of trans people who transition decide to go stealth, which means they don't tell people. They just, they don't tell people they're trans. They just, like, for the listeners, oh, you've probably run into a lot of trans people who just haven't told you, and they just looked like cis people. And that's kind of the situation Hazel's in. Obviously, through a lot of allegory and a lot of different situations here, but she's in a situation where she looks like a kid, a normal kid, but she is not. She's not a passenger. She's not a human, even, as far as we can tell. But she's in this situation where she's being told that she's not allowed. Like, like, she's in this situation where she's being told that, like, she'll be treated okay as long as she doesn't reveal this part of herself to everybody else. And Grace is like, I accept you, but not everyone else will, so we have to hide this. And that's a very 
it 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 really tied into how I felt about her before and it like before these three episodes and it really makes me feel my heart go out to her so much more especially because we see a lot of emotional depth for Hazel these three episodes right right the the, the hiding aspect is definitely a one a new one that's introduced in this group and and definitely plays into that um and speaking of emotional depth uh I do want to highlight the campfire car, like, because a big part of that is, in addition to her identity, it also, like, deals with, like, dealing with the loss of a loved one. This, like, mm-hmm. whole, the, the big, big part of, of that episode is that she is very insistent on wanting a funeral for, uh, for Tuba. And we, we, it, like, slowly builds up to, like, where Simon is disgusted and leaves them be in peace for at least a little bit. And you get this, this beautiful segment where they're up in the tree together and great. And, uh, and Hazel talks about, uh, what Tuba met, meant to her and gets Grace to acknowledge <laughs> some, uh, some stuff as well. And then like you, you have the shot of the, of the sunset and all the trees going out and you got, as Hazel is singing the lullaby, there's this, like, Good shot of uh, that begins from behind her head and like slowly rotates around to her. Oh my face God, that's such a crying. beautiful shot. Yeah, it's just like so that, 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 that whole scene yeah. is just like with done with, with such uh, care and like it just it, it it's 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 moving to see a, young, a a child as young as Hazel react to this kind of you know in a sense but healthily. To, to the pa- passing away of someone like it, at the very beginning like you, you also have like Hazel like struggling with it at first like it, is it because I'm not good like why is this happening oh, and Grace has to be comforting so like uh, um, yeah so I, just, I really lo- love love this episode because like it, it has a, a contained theme that goes throughout of like how, how, to, how to properly grieve and it just it, it really hit me hard I, I don't know about you guys um, if there's anything you want to add with with uh, how how Hazel <laughs> went through that in that episode, I thought that it was like there's a lot of times where we're covering stuff and it's like I can't believe this was 11 minutes long. And most of the time when I say that, it's when we say that, it's like there's just a lot of stuff packed in there. This one, it's like. I can't believe it's 11 minutes long because it's such an emotional roller coaster and there's not a lot going on. It's just one plot thread. Like we're just going, essentially we, we, we comfort Hazel and then we're going to do Tuba's funeral. And that's pretty much it. And it just takes you for a, such a wild ride of emotions. And I personally think the most striking shot besides like, like instead of like, like obviously the spinning shot is just gorgeous, but like there's this shot where we see, straight on hazel crying and grace is like just off screen and you just start to see like drops of tears falling off but we don't see her face and it's just something about the way they framed it just hit me really hard the way you realize that grace has been affected by this in a very similar way that the audience has yeah yeah uh, and even like because, you know, Hazel gives the eulogy and then she asks Grace, you know, to say something as well. And just like Grace in her, I guess, in her portion of it, she, you know, she's she starts off very, like, hesitant and says, like, oh, like, I didn't really know her very well. I mean, which is true. But then, like, she, you know, she talks about, you know, more of, like, I guess the emotional impact that, I guess, Tuba has kind of had on her as well. Like, yeah, like, she's always been nice to her. And, like, 
you know, she was there for Hazel. And so I think that like, just like that transition in her speech is like, it, there's something so deep about it. And I can't like, I can't find words to like, properly like, like, describe it because it's so like deep even though like she's talking about someone that again she barely knows but it just kind of hits you in the way that she is talking about tuba yeah there's a moment when grace like actually her voice kind of breaks and that's where mm-hmm. i started like legit yeah because like if grace is gonna start crying like there's no saving me and it is like incredibly emotional and, and sad and just I was really kind of wondering about like the birds being such a big part of these shots too. Like obviously there's something to that, right? Like I was yeah. I was too overcome in the moment, but there probably is more with the birds there. There's probably a reason. Well, so what I, what I I guess noticed is that um, yeah. there was four birds, right? And so mm-hmm. three of them flew off, but then one of them was left behind. So, and there was four people that we were following, and then Tuba is now left behind. So there's something very, like, like it's like a visual, like, I don't know. Because we didn't already know Tuba was gone, but here we are, like, getting <laughs> it, like, played out in a different sense. So, yeah, <laughs> I like that. And also in that eulogy, uh, she talks about like she's grateful that the uh, Tuba's daughter left Tuba behind because great because uh, because Hazel needed Tuba as well. So like, there's also like a little bit of a little bit of uh, cyclical nature. Oh man! And when she talks about you know like. She's like, oh, I'm sure Tuba's like with her kid, her children, and oh my that God. must make yes. her happy. And I was like, uh. <laughs> oh my God, Take my heart. The, the, the whole thing with the birds, the yeah. whole like the mom and the baby birds just destroyed me. Part of me wondered if Tuba was supposed to be the mom bird, but I do like April's take that the bird that was left behind was Tuba, because they did essentially I, her behind, because she can't I, follow them. I thought the, the bird left behind was supposed to be Hazel. I don't know! That, There's a lot also, of ways to read the bird, <laughs> a, I mean, apparently. I'm not saying anything wrong here, just, it's yeah. just a lot of, like, metaphor and emotion here. Like, the, <laughs> you can read a lot into this in the way you prefer. Like, I think it just, exactly. I think a lot of the scene is... I think a lot of it depends on how, who, what you think the saddest part of the scene is. Because I think there's also, like, allegories here to, like, Grace. Because I feel like Grace is connecting with this, too, in a lot of ways. Because she feels oh, yeah. like she's alone. Yeah. Well, and she's sort of, like, leaving behind the person that she used to yeah. be as she continues yeah. forth with Hazel. Like, yeah. I mean, she's lying to Simon, which is obviously something that she hasn't done before. Or, you know, like... Or at least that's the impression that I'm getting from it. But then, like, you know, she's, like, being nice to a Noel. And that's totally outside of her character, so. Yeah, the, 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 this scene is also pivotal in the overall story because, like, it, it, it does seem like it signals uh, a change in, in Grace's view. Like, she, 
her first sentence is, well, Tuga was important to Hazel. It's like, first, like, still, like, keep keeping some distance, but, like, then, like, as, as the tears go, it's like, no, like, Tuga was brave, and she did help mm-hmm. us. So it's like a, a, a realization of, of the null actually helping them. Uh, and so as, as it goes on, we, we continue to see that in the form of, of Grace protecting Hazel, throughout this as well as a, a growing uh, anger towards simon um throughout these episodes as well we, we see her sn- sn- oh simon yeah multiple times the, there's the there's the swerve at the at the end where great where grace uh does reject uh hazel and uh to uh, simon satisfyingly grins right behind her which is just so, so so disturbing to me but um yeah so how are we feeling with like where where grace ends up after after these episodes so it's, we, we're seeing the the empathy but also like at the very end we, we get like a small a small turn uh, how are you guys feeling about about her journey right now? Okay, are any of us buying that when she called her a no? Like, obviously, that's a part of her plan no. to keep her safe. Like, I that's did, not fooling anyone. I yeah. didn't, I didn't believe it, but it's still like she said that to yeah, Hazel's face. It does face. hurt. Mm-hmm. It does hurt. But like, these are her options now. The jig is up. Yeah. Like, she's gotta yeah, find a yeah. new tactic to keep her safe, which sucks. But it's like, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I didn't buy it for like two seconds <laughs> yeah for, for the first second did you buy it no <laughs> oh okay not Alex. even then like like i was like i was i was like i see what you're doing here grace i'm mm-hmm. on to you like <laughs> but like, i mean i get it at the same time like she's doing what she has to to keep hazel safe and if that's like the turn of events then you know you, you got to be quick on your toes <laughs> One thing that really shook me about Grace is like, because I felt like there were three ways this was going to go down once she realized that Hazel was a denizen. And the fact that she like embraced her right away at the start of episode six, like to the point where like Hazel asks her if she's mad at her and she, her immediate gut reaction is like, why would you even say that? Even though like she straight up told Hazel in the last episode, like Denison slash Knowles are nothing. Like they don't matter. Like, trust me. I know like for her to have those two very contradictory thoughts at once, because Hazel is, is a person she's completely won over by her at this point. And she doesn't see her as an other she sees her as like someone who is the same as her like it's just like wow this is like such a turn she's she's come a long way honestly yeah yeah um great also another detail with grace is uh she is no longer willing to look at her her arm or at least not publicly um we have that moment in the cave where simon like shows off his number and then grabs grace's arm and grace has to oh yeah immediately pull the way you said it (sighs) i blocked it i like blocked it out of my memory because i was so angry (laughs) i was like you do not touch her sir (laughs) like yeah, I, I think I think Hazel speaks for us all. Breaking rocks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and ha- and then Hazel's like throwing the rocks and like smashing them, and she's like, "I don't care. I want him to see." And I'm like, "No, you don't, see baby girl." But also- <laughs> my shell will protect me when I fight him off. I was like, "Oh yeah. my god!" Hazel. 
I love Hazel. I know, like, she she really does. She has, like, that child, she's so, like, she has the childlike innocence about her, and she's protective of Grace in the same sense that Grace is protective of her, and I love that they have that, like, mutual, like, I don't know, like, friendship, that it goes both ways for them. I think that's, like, it takes a lot to find that in another human, I think, or another person, thing, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) All-inclusive. I I also think it's still really impressive that Hazel, the character, really just sounds like a kid. She speaks like a kid. Like, even though she's really smart. It's such a big deal. So many people write kid dialogue so awful. And Hazel feels, like, so amazing. It's kind of crazy. I want to know how this was achieved. Yeah. Who... Is it an actual... Is it, like, a kid that's voicing Hazel? Yeah, it's a kid. That's even crazier. Like... Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make it more like impre- that, that, make, that doesn't make it less impressive. It makes it more impressive that they exactly. got an actual kid to do this. Um, I want to talk about Simon's rage in the in these episodes. Because, okay, go go, Alex. Um, you got feelings. Yeah, go off. Well, uh, uh, All right, here we go. <laughs> okay, so it it builds up very well because the campfire car is impressive and like how like creepy it feels at. at like it, it immediately begins with with Grace like telling si- Simon off, and uh, he's like, "Oh, are you pulling rank?" Like it, it, it like it feels like the like a the first legitimate threat, and then, like as as it goes on, like you can feel like the tension rising, and by the end, like Simon has this like weird interaction with Hazel. It's like I'm gonna make you a character. Look, oh my god! So yeah, it's so so like that episode sets up like the 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 weird the weird energy going on. Then like as it as it goes on, Simon gets more uh, physical, like grabbing Grace to to check on her arm and stuff. And later, she he goes to the cat, uh, which we'll we'll talk about the cat a little bit later. But like focusing on Simon specifically. Uh, he uses phrases, she's not acting like she should, and she's shutting me out, which is, like, such incel language. I said this yeah. on my review, I was like, wow, it's very, like, incel energy you have right now, Simon. It's true. Yeah, it's just so, think- so disturbing when, like, stuff like that comes out of a, comes out of a male character, like, right after you've seen them, like, be physical with, with the, with the, with the female character. And, and then, like, in Hey Ho Whoa, like, it continues on, where, like, there's like a brief uh, detente when like Grace is like I trust you and like Simon like gets a, a, his last blush for a while like, I think uh, <laughs> and the, uh, later ra- rages at, at Grace for like wanting to wait and also like grabs her by the shoulders which is uh, and and so like it ends in like a sort of you see his heart break for good when he sees the footage of, of we won't tell Simon. But just all in all, like the 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 build up of seeing Simon slowly lose his uh, his control on his emotions towards towards Grace was was very it was effective. It was also uh, um a little uh, it, it made me feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I I want I wanted to lay, lay out that uh, progression. I, I don't what where. What do we do with Simon? What can we do? Yeah, with I mean, Simon the cat even has that line where she. Oh, sorry. Oh <laughs> I no! Think, I think my internet was like buffering or something. Go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say like, what can we do with Simon at this point? Simply because like he he's getting very like 
off the like off his rocker. And even like with his interaction with Amelia is very like aggressive. Mm-hmm. And and it he is like the perfect like personification of like that cult mentality that we've kind of talked about already. But he, you know, like Amelia is literally sitting there saying, like, I'm the person that you've been like worshiping. Like <laughs> and he and like yeah, and you're wrong. And he just refuses to accept that. Like, that's that's a very scary. And a person in that, like, mindset is very scary, like, to deal with. And so, like, and we already know what he's capable of. Like, how how, how do we save Simon? We can't, I don't know if we I, can. <laughs> I am going to take the side, and I'm not, like, playing devil's advocate. I'm going to take the side of Simon deserves a little more sympathy than we've been giving him so far. Ooh, yeah. you're going to get into exactly where I think you are. And, well, I, and I, you know what? I, I agree with that as well. Well, well let's let make, let's let Maddie express her. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I made this, I made this point last week that he was very traumatized by nulls. And I don't think that's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I want to make sure it's clear that like, when I say someone's traumatized, that's not a free pass. That's not like they can do whatever they want because they were hurt. What I, what I'm, what I'm saying is that, it gives us an understanding of how he became this way. I can still say that I don't think Simon's a good person while still saying, I understand how he got there and this is why. And I don't think he's just purely an evil person. It's just, this is where he ended up and a lot of things caused that. Um, But I also think what happened this week, this week specifically, we've kind of bypassed his trauma and moved on to... um, like so when trauma happens there's this thing where people have been traumatized fear that trauma happening again that thing happening again and that's what simon's doing right now he's trying to stop grace from leaving him like the cat left him before and that is a very specific fear and he is not acting logically or rationally right now he is acting on a fight or flight instinct and that's pretty much the only thing guiding him all he cares about, and he doesn't care how it happens. This isn't a romantic thing for him. This isn't a he's interested in grace thing right now. It's just he wants to keep the status quo how it is, because otherwise, it's the same as the cat again. And that's what his brain is telling him. And from my perspective, they're really showing this very well. They're showing this sign of his trauma very well. And this is not like an easy thing to show let like in general let alone in 11 minute episodes and it's just there's a lot happening and i still think that simon made other mistakes that extend past his trauma but again he still is a young person and he still is someone who's trying to figure out what he wants to do and he's whether he was brainwashed by someone else or not like he was brainwashed kind of by himself he brainwashed himself because he wanted to believe something else instead of believing the cat was a person that left him and hurt him. He chose to believe that the cat was nobody, that the cat never cared about him because that's easier. That's easier to understand. That's mm-hmm. like when you, someone's hurt you, it's easier to believe that that person is just a robot and they were pl- programmed to hurt you. Not that they just are a person and they have reasons too. And I think this whole season is gonna gonna revolve around the cat and Simon in the end. And because they've been they've been very much setting up that his trauma is driving him completely still. So I have a thing I want to add to that because I yeah. completely agree. Um, I thought like 
I think like on top of the cat, I feel like Simon and Grace's relationship is so pivotal to the season. And like, while maybe he does like have some amount of like romantic attraction, like yeah. I agree with Maddie that like the, the majority of what's happening here is like, when he was in a moment of crisis, the cat left him. He's on this train. He's 10 years old. He meets Grace. Grace becomes, like, not just his best friend, not just a trauma coping mechanism, but essentially, like, the stability in his life. Like, they have been together for, I'm assuming, like, eight years now. Like, she represents, like, the the apex. Like, she represents everything they've been able to build together. Like, she's the one who is, like, better at talking to people in their job. She is the leader. He looks up to her. Like, if he lost her, he would lose, like, everything. Not just, like, her as a friend, but, like, literally his entire life would crumble. And the thing, like, Alex, you were saying you were noticing that Simon was, like, increasingly angry these episodes. But to me, I felt like, how does Simon have this patience? Because, like, Grace has never yelled at him like this before. And she's yelling at him, like, increasingly often. And, Mm -hmm. like, this must be such a shock. And he keeps apologizing. And he keeps just doing what she says until he reaches a breaking point. And, like, at that point, I realized it's, like, it's because he is so scared of losing her. He he his strategy is like he will backtrack for as long as he can with like the the fear of that like he doesn't he, like the risk of losing her is just too great because too much is tied to grace. Like it's it's very unhealthy. It's really not good, but like this is what has happened in the wake of just like their meeting at the time they did with the cat leaving and it's just when I saw him cry at the end of the episode it's because like like May said it's like it's such a betrayal. He feels betrayed the same way he did with the cat. And there is no nuance for him with this the same way there wasn't really nuance with the cat. And it's, in a way, it's still very heartbreaking, even though we really have every reason to hate Simon right now. And he's doing a lot of things that are just downright terrifying. Like, my heart still does kind of break for the guy because, like, it's just, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I wish he'd been able to like handle things differently. Maybe <laughs> I don't know, but like this is where we are now. And I agree with what you were saying about it. It didn't really come off as anger to me. It came off as just fear. It, like it's not the it, same. It, it's panic. Like, yeah, it's he, panic. That's a good word for panicking it. Panicking at this point. Because, anger. Mm-hmm. He wasn't mm-hmm. angry. He just didn't know how to react to anything happening right now. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I guess the other thing. We don't really like a piece of information that we don't really have either is like we know that the cat left him or, you know, left him. But like, what did he do after that? Like, you know what I mean? So I don't I guess he was just alone by himself because we don't know how long like passed between that time and then whenever he met Grace, do we? No, we don't. No, I would assume not that long. Because, like, if the gun was, like, just there pretty soon after, like, I don't think he would have survived, like, a year without Grace showing up. So, like, maybe a few days, maybe, like, a couple weeks. But I feel like it wasn't a very long amount of time. Which makes sense for why he, like, like, grabbed onto her so... Because, like, she was the immediate next thing he could move on to. Yeah. And she was a person. Like, he was like, Mm -hmm. why is Grace different? He wanted to he wanted to justify to himself why will grace be different exactly exactly yes you know it wasn't just a creature it wasn't yeah. just that grace was nice to him it was he was trying to 
under he was trying to get himself to trust again yeah yeah i I agree yeah and then there's on top of that it's also showing in here that the cat didn't know how to react to any of this too yeah, yeah. she has some good lines about. Like, I'm not saying the cat did the right thing. I'm not saying the cat is the victim here, but I'm also saying that Simon's kind of brushing off the fact that the cat didn't leave him. The cat was running for her life too, mm. and it sucks. But you can understand how someone would, when running for your life, you don't check if the other person's there until you're safe. That's yeah. the first rule when you're in danger. Make sure you're safe first. She made a mistake afterwards. She made a mistake when she didn't go back. But she, for all she knew, she might have thought Simon was already dead. She may like, not have physically been able to go back either. Yeah. If she is just a cat, I mean, what's a cat yeah. going to do against a yeah. home? Let's be but, real. But, yeah, but also, like, we, like you were saying, April, we don't know how she moved ahead of him. Like, yeah. it could have been a car situation where, like, it cut them off. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many levels here where by the time the cat realized Simon was alive, she might have, it might have already been to the point where the cat felt so awful about not going back to him, like, without realizing that he was still there. That, how do you confront that? Yeah. Like, and such- and we, we do see the cat trying to make amends, like, where she can now. Like, she yeah. is trying to, like, give him advice. She, like, doesn't get mad when he keeps intruding on her house. Like, she's taking it in full swing because she does clearly feel guilty. But she also tells him, like, I am who I am. I can't give you more than that. Which is, like, the realest thing I've ever heard because it's not what you want to hear when you want help. But it's it's really, like, where most people are in their lives. Like, they can only give you so much and they, they're they going to make mistakes, and they are yeah. full of flaws. Well, and the other thing, too, is because Simon is very much, um, very much has the mentality that, like, you know, the cat was a knoll, therefore knolls, you know, are bad. It, mm-hmm. it almost doesn't matter what the cat says to him, too, at a certain yeah. point, because yeah. there's nothing, like, she literally cannot not be a knoll. So it, it's if she is. Yeah, it's who she is. And so, you know, it's one of those. But I mean, it is very obvious that she does feel bad about what happened. And again, you know, there's there's pieces missing of the puzzle. Like, how long was it until, like, they realized that they're alive? You know, that kind of thing as well. Because it could have been, like, a couple of years. And then the cat and Simon came across each other. And so maybe at some point the cat like also did her own grieving of Simon and then had to move on. And it also seems very much like Simon is still grieving the loss of the cat at the same time. Definitely. Because, and you know, again, because of the the trauma that happened. And so it it very much gets projected onto Grace because she's, you know, she's... She's his rock, you know. Yes, she's yeah. everything to him. Yeah, she is. And that's everything not healthy, but it's what it is. No, that's yeah. what I mean. Yeah, it's like it's not good, but like that's where we are. <laughs> but <laughs> even like, but in, and he's even like he's also projecting his like uh, I guess like insecurities about it and his panic onto her. He's saying things like she's not acting like she should. Well, what is she? 
she's supposed to be acting like, and that's you know, like that's, and that's what the cat says, which is so good because the cat even tells him like, well, what do you mean? She's not acting like she should. She's not like some like soldier in your like toy. And yeah. like, remember when you found that little toy soldier in like her back room yeah. in the cabin episode. And then like, you think about all the toy soldiers he had in the first episode mm-hmm. in his and room, like miniatures. It, it's literally, I think like his, it, it, for him, because of his trauma, it's his way of like keeping things contained so they can never leave. Like it's his yeah. sense of control. And he kind of has, personified that to an extreme by assuming that people like Grace should always stick around and should never like, you know, like it's kind of what Alex is saying too. Like as much as we can empathize with Simon's situation, he is still exhibiting a lot of really controlling, scary behavior and it's all culminating right now in the show. Well, and looping back to something that Maddie said, mentioned earlier, like, I mean, the, the titles of these books have not been necessarily like, like, super important to the overall theme but book three is titled cult of the conductor and like a lot of this stuff is very similar to to like why people join cults in the first place because they need an explanation to things that are hard to explain they need a a, a, they feel that that they need some kind of some status quo some some control to like so that stuff is is predictable to them and when they are confronted with information that uh, contradicts what they have uh, learned as like the the way things are supposed to go that they, they react very very uncomfortably to it because they need they need something to be in in place for things for the for life to make sense otherwise it's like you're you're you're, lo- you're losing control of, of your situation yeah. so like mm-hmm. you, you see all, all those behaviors uh, reflected in, in Simon because of, like how how the apex has built itself up over the years so, like now like the, his his worldview is being is being confronted he he's not in a position right now to, to handle that very well so and this is as you guys have mentioned this is all reflecting on on uh, how he deals with with grace also drifting away from from those mindsets um before we move on I wanted to comment on one last thing about Simon and um, that's that, like, you mentioned that, I forget who it was, was it April or Michelle mentioned the toy soldier thing? Yeah. 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 That thing is, and I think it's just so ironic because he, it's become increasingly clear that he views the members of Apex as, like... Soldiers. Not, not people. Like, they're not real-life people to him. They're just... Just like how... Um, he made the cat into this thing that wasn't real so that she made sense to him so that the thing she did to him made sense. He's doing this to the people that aren't the cat. He's doing this in such a way that he wants everyone to be trustworthy by not being people, by not having free will, by not being able to do things other than the things he thinks they're capable of doing. Because if they are able to do things that he can't think of, then they can betray him. Then they can break his trust. And so he views every single person in the apex as someone who's not real, that doesn't have agency, which is pretty ironic considering he's really mad at the nulls for not being people and not having agency and not being these things that can control their destiny. And the truth of the matter is he doesn't care about that. He doesn't care at all about whether the nulls are people or not. Cause he doesn't care if these passengers are people or not. Yeah. It's it's just a lot. It, it, they they get into a lot these episodes. 
And it's also hard to say because, like, I don't think we've ever seen Simon interact with one of the Apex kids. Like, it's always Grace. Like, if Simon doesn't really know how to talk to them on a kid level, and they're all so much younger than the two of them I are. Mean, we saw him interact with kids, I think, two times. He told Hazel, I'll put you in my play or my book. Yeah. And then he told another kid, I'll use this null you gave me. For my like my, my battle soldiers, like, yeah, yeah, it's it does all come back to like him. It is very like kind of yeah. self centered thinking he, he, of people being useful. Yes, he only ever acknowledges the other members of Apex if they help him, and he acknowledges Grace because, like we said, Grace is his rock. And other mm-hmm. than that, he kind of even in the beginning, he doesn't really like you said he doesn't interact with anyone other than Grace, except when he's kind of forced to. That's like so like. <laughs> Ugh. That's so upsetting, you guys. <laughs> what, that we're, that we're going this deep on it and it's, like, there? Uh, well, it's, it's like, too, again, but it's when, like... when she's useful and then when she's not useful yeah. anymore. <laughs> well, that's, that's how like, They have that real moment and she, like, opens up to him about her kid bugle and he does seem, like, genuinely sort of touched by that, but, like, nope. Then he just does a Mufasa or he does a scar. But, it is just terrible. But it makes sense, though. Because I mean, it does make yeah. sense. Just saying, he's still terrible. In that moment, he's alone with Tuba. He's not performing to anybody. He doesn't have to be somebody for Grace. He's just trying to survive this car. And then the second he's back with Grace, he thinks he has to do this. He thinks he has to. I don't know. I mean, part of me wonders if he also, like, in his own way, thinks he's he's really doing Hazel and Grace a solid by getting rid of Tuba so they don't get too attached so that yeah. they don't feel the same yeah. crushing disappointment I generally believe, that I he felt when he got the, when the cat left him. Like, I do think mm-hmm. that's also in play. Like, I feel like he is honestly trying to help in some ways that aren't completely selfish to him. And that's just, like, the way his mind is working through these things right now. I, I think yeah. there's two truths, that he wants help. He wants to help Grace and, by extension, Hazel, because Grace cares about Hazel. And he also, when he's alone with Tuba, views Tuba as a person. Yeah. And I think that's important. Well, I think and, Simon. Uh, I think also that's why Simon's panicking. He realizes he killed a person. Yeah. Like an actual person. I think the other thing, too, is that he has very much tied these this, like, resentment of Knowles to grace as well which is probably why he's you know freaking out because she is being kind to a null and that's not how he knows like that's not life as he knows it so Mm, because you know even grace was you know she was more kind and open to tuba you know um before and so and he saw that like, she didn't hide that from him or anything. And so for him to sort of witness that behavior, it, 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 like, it, it's probably, like, very triggering for him um, to see, you know, Grace acting in a way that he's unfamiliar with when it comes to nulls. Um, and then even so far, you know, as to protect Hazel, like, it's a lot. It's a lot to take in for someone who's had you know, so much trauma. Um, and that's only the trauma that we know about. Yeah. I think, I think the question now isn't whether Simon is like sympathetic. It's whether he's going to be redeemed. Cause I think that I understand him. I understand how he got here, but I don't think that means he's going to survive the season. Yeah. 
I really wonder because they spent so much more time on Simon than I expected. Because like before, we were following Grace so much, and in these last couple episodes, we really did like spend just time with Simon and like the cat. Which I mean, that's got to mean something. Whether or not he's redeemed, I think it's interesting that the show was like spending so much time with him. Period, and fleshing him out. Even though we we're not on his side, like it's a choice they made, and I wonder where it's going to lead. And it's also important to note that there's a three beat here. Like we've had three seasons and each season we get an explanation for what the numbers mean. And two times they did leave. We got that. We got in the first season that Tulip got her number to zero. She left the car. We, in the second season, we got Jesse's number to zero. He left the car, but Lake wanted the number two and we proved that she can leave the car too. Mm-hmm. And then the third season, we're bringing this up again. We're bringing up again that, yeah, the numbers are going supposed to go to zero. They're well, supposed to. They're yeah. supposed to. It's not. It's it, this time when Amelia brings it up. It's not. This is what happens. It's they're supposed to do that, and it's very much like phrased as like like set in stone. And I think that means we're going to see something weird at the end of this season. Well, and Amelia was also, or no, it was the cat who said to him, like, "Why do you think?" Grace's number is broken. Maybe you just don't like yeah. it. It's yeah. Do- that exactly. it's doing what it's supposed to. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's true. The cat does say that. Because, you know, as you know, as far as Simon and, you know, Grace have been concerned that the numbers are meant to go up. They're not meant to go down. Um, and they've not ever had interest in them going down. So, you know, and maybe... like cat the cat and simon because the cat obviously knows that the numbers are supposed to go down um but maybe she never had that opportunity to tell simon um and maybe at the time whenever she had been able to he didn't believe her simply because she's a null and that relationship had already been severed so it's it's really it's tragic and i feel for him and i you know, and yes, he's acting in very crazy behavior, but there's so much as to why he's doing it. And I mean, I don't know that he's going to survive this season either. <laughs> I mean, um, I hope that he gets a redemption. I really do. I would hate for him to be out, you know, to sort of end up being the villain of the of I... But... <laughs> Popo last season, so anything goes. Yeah. I mean, but I also I also think that this season, I think there's a purpose to showing Amelia making amends. I think there's a point to that. Oh, for sure. Not, and mm-hmm. I think that, that part of that is that we're leading into seeing how Simon thinks he has to make amends for what he's done. I don't know. I feel like for me, like, Amelia is the one who's going to be mentoring Grace more than Simon. Simon might be too far gone, but Grace is the one who's, like, asking Amelia questions. Like, whereas Simon's just rejecting everything she says. It's like, oh, she's brainwashing you. I think, if anything, Grace is the one who's going to get that redemption through Amelia than Simon at this point, honestly. Well, I I, honestly, I can't see Simon being open to it. Yeah. Yeah. That, right. That kind of too far gone. Well, I'm not, I'm not because... saying that he's going to get mentorship. I'm just saying he might. He's going to do something in a similar vein to Amelia. That like Grace is going to get off the off the train. I think that's going to happen. But I think that Simon's going to face redemption in some other way. That's not just clear cut and just simple. Yeah. Yeah. We we need to see if there's something that happens that pushes Simon to he, want. Right. To he needs yeah. that push because he doesn't have that push yet. Well, and yeah. at, and I I I just. 
I'm afraid of what that push is going to be. Because I, even when you present Simon with the truth, he very much doesn't want to hear it. Because um, he seems very resistant to change. Yeah. Yes. And we, we've already like established through all this analysis why that is. But the, the point remains, like if anything, invading Grace's memory and realizing that she's been keeping this secret is probably what's going to throw their whole relationship into stark, stark, like tumultuous, like just I don't I don't really know how they're going to repair this. I think it might be possible, but it sure isn't looking great right now. I, I, I think sorry, I think I figure out what, what how I misframed what I was saying. Um, what I mean is that I think that we just don't have time, Michelle. That's what, like, I agree with you. Yeah. And I think this show gives a lot of care to the characters in it. And I think that they're going to acknowledge, like, I think a lot of media, like Darth Vader and Star Wars, like, it's like, oh, he redeemed himself at the end. And it's like, it's kind of like a cop-out, though, that, like, he, quote-unquote, redeems himself and dies. I don't think this show wants to do that. I don't think this want the show wants to like give the character a simple redemption. So like they're good now, they're better. Like I think it's going to show that this is a journey for Simon, even if he chooses to take that first step, which is the hardest one. Amelia took that first step, and she seems to be getting better. And that's what the point of the train is. But she made that decision on her own, and I think that's what we're going to see. We're not going to see Simon get better. We're not going to see Simon be better. We're going to see Simon take the first step to taking action towards that with like a much longer like prolonged experience for him outside that, of that we might season. not have seen. okay yeah i could see that mm-hmm. we'll, like we'll, we'll see him if, he's, if the he survives then maybe <laughs> yeah like can I we can talk just about amelia that. i really want to talk about amelia <laughs> Wait, can i just say one thing i just had the perfect image of simon like you know how like all the passengers leave through a car door a train door like what if he just leaves through a normal train door of the pass of the train like like grace does and he's like i'm just gonna go walk this way and i'm leaving and that's just how it ends that'd be perfect for me <laughs> sorry Amelia. Yeah, the, 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 yeah so i think that that concludes our simon coverage uh, until <laughs> we get the next two episodes um br- briefly uh, with, with simon just like we had the cat scene we've talked most about the cat i want to mention Cat's name is Samantha. <laughs> so uh, anybody in the YouTube comments who has been complaining, why are we just saying the cat? There you go. It's Samantha. There we've acknowledged it. Wait, were they complaining uh, before, the before we do her name? The credits literally the- called her the cat in the first book. Yeah. So we were going off of the information. Right, right, right. No, no, I'm just anticipating that like people listening are going to oh, be okay. like, her name is Samantha. They said it in the episode. She will always be the cat. She's the cat. Even like Simon and Grace, who have known the cat for an extended period of time, have yes. always called her the cat. And then it's interesting because when Simon called her, called her Samantha, Grace knew immediately that he had gone to see her. So, yeah. and I think that's like like that telltale sign, and just like he because he you know uses Samantha out of respect for her, and so I think that's like. Like, I just love, like, I caught on to that immediately because he called her Samantha. Uh, Samantha, And Grace was just like, you went and saw the cat? Like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will say a little disappointed it's not a French name. I feel like we established, like, a whole French vibe with her. I, but, think, oh, okay. I think it fits her aesthetic <laughs> that, like, yes. she, she's being, like, showily French. Yeah, showily mm-hmm. French. 
like it. Yeah. She went to France like once. She went to France. Like, like, she came back France. with an accent. I love that, April. Nice. <laughs> like that one person that went to Spain over the summer so can't stop talking about it. They didn't even really go there. They just yeah. like sat in the airport for a layover. Like. <laughs> uh, okay, Michelle. Let's get to Amelia. Um, so I, I, I just want to mention uh, she's definitely more ripped than she was in season oh, one. Yes. Right? Oh, yes. I love it. She's buff. She's like Sarah Connor energy. <laughs> it's so good. Can I um, guess how? Yeah, go ahead. Keep going. Amelia, like out of nowhere, became the most relatable character to me simply because she's like so done with everything. She's been here for 33 years. Nothing matters. She's just trying to make amends. But also, she's incredibly unable to like socialize with children. And like, I feel that to my core. Like, Grace makes it look so easy, but it is hard to like talk to children and know what to do, especially if you're not like super fond of them. And Amelia just has that energy all the time it's just like I think it's amazing and I'm like low-key standing her I like I'm divorcing from my mind the fact that she's messed up the train for a really long time probably because like this Amelia I'm like a hundred percent on board with like on board a train yeah on board are you on the Amelia train yeah hype for the Amelia train it's leaving the station get on uh, I'll say I also relate to her being very reluctant to accept uh, children uh, being gushy. Um, that, that's very much a mood. Um, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm not. Uh, I felt a little disappointed that she's apparently bad at cooking eggs. I feel like cooking eggs is is a thing you should know how to do. I mean, so, not so. like eggs, then you just never cook them, like me. Yeah. yeah. She she could just pass through a car that had eggs. I also. <laughs> I also think that this brings up a good point of that there's during the whole time Amelia's there, there's this thing that's happening where people are calling people adults or kids. And Mm -hmm. there's, there's a heavy, there's a heavy like emphasis on that where Simon's like, we don't trust adults like Amelia and Amelia's like, and Amelia is looking at Simon and calling him a kid. And it's clearly making him mad that she's just calling him a kid. It just very much like contradicts what we're saying on screen. And I enjoy that. Yeah. Amelia's also, also like the alpha because they treat numbers as like currency in their order, their rank. And Grace was the leader in part because she had the highest number. But Amelia's number is like crazy high. So it's kind of like messing with his sense of authority but, too, probably. But it has gone down since we last saw it. Well, like apparently, yeah. like, look at that thing. It's like over her neck and her other arm. Well, and I love that she's just like, the number is so big, like... There's no point in even keeping track anymore. I also, I just love, like, her, like, she is so, like, over humans, too. She just, like, it's not so much that she's, like, doesn't know, like, how to talk to people. It's just that she is so used to, I guess, like, not talking to real humans. And so she's just, like oh, well, was that wrong? Like, I don't, like, she doesn't even care if it's wrong. Like, she's very straightforward. And I, I love that attitude about her. Like, there's no, and then she's not really, like, 
super emotional either. It's really great. <laughs> well, if you recall, like season one, like that that finale was about she was kind of like just trying to escape her her own life and like mm-hmm. re- recreating the glory days. And when that doesn't happen, uh, I guess the next step is just forgetting that you ever had a life outside the train. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, we're we're seeing the 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 steps of advanced train. Um, I mean, it, it's a, it's in a way similar to what the apex are doing, right? Like they they're creating their own life inside the train because they no longer remember what it was like outside. Yeah. We we still have yet, aside from that one one uh, dialogue in the in the debutante car, we still have not heard Simon and Grace really talk about their life before the train. So like yeah. You know, that, yeah. That, that that that's that that's like another thing to consider like leaving the train. It's like, well, like where are they it, leaving to at this point? It's really interesting to it would be really interesting to know what their trauma was like or what their problems were before they had exactly. this trauma on the train. It's but like I think a different it's on thing. But I think it's on purpose that we're not seeing that because they're different yeah. people now. The people that they were when they got on the train, the things they need are just completely different now. And I enjoy that we're commenting on the fact that once you're traumatized, you're just a very different person with very different needs. And well, and it's, I, I was going to say, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to also say, too, that, like, they've been on the train for such a long time that, like, there, there isn't a, like, this is their life now. This is, yeah. like, what it is. And so, I mean, it's, it seems like Grace and um, Simon have, you know, they've been on the train for you know, seven plus years or whatever. And that's like, probably like half their life. And so yeah. they may not remember life before the train at this point either, which but I mean, they kind of briefly talk about it. But like, it's very, very brief. There's not it's just like passing memories, almost like, oh, I remember like, this <laughs> kind of thing. So not versus like, oh, this is like something that's very like, defining like very much defines who I am like the train is who they are now yeah they they seem to really not have like much of an emotional connection to their past selves as children which is super spooky I mean I do wonder (laughs) if like I don't know it seems like Grace honestly might have been put on the train relatively soon after like the the because like she talks a lot about like the not fitting in with the other girls in the dance class because she was new and they didn't invite her for ice cream. And then she like, as we talked about before, she like twists that to be like, ah, but it's because they were jealous about how cool I am. I could imagine maybe her initial reason for being put on the train, something related to that. Um, But I think Mike's right at this point, like their needs are different. And the reason um, Grace's number is going down now is because her immediate thing is like she needs to be able to have empathy for things that aren't human or at least like literally other people. And th- it is she is. So the number is going down. So she actually has a shot at leaving. Whereas like Simon, maybe he needs to learn the same thing. Maybe he needs to learn something slightly different even. I don't know. Well, I was going to say, I wonder if like their numbers are still tied to the same, I guess, like goal as whenever they first got on the train as well. Because right, like, be different. They- 
Yeah, because maybe like Grace didn't necessarily need to learn empathy whenever she first got on the train, but now empathy is what's driving her number to go down. Where, I mean, Simon may have been put on the train for a completely different reason, but maybe now like he also needs to learn empathy. Um, so I, I, I wonder, like, I'm curious about that aspect of like the whole number thing is like, did they have to like figure out like oh what did I need whenever I was seven or whatever? <laughs> I, mean, I don't think so. I think I think we're on the right track here with the yeah. the new need the new um I guess requirements for the numbers yeah. to go down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who, who knows what goes through the mind of one one really? I think oh, sweet, one, 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 one one. I think, two <laughs> I, think uh, I think Amelia frames it really well though. One one doesn't see the anybody as people and like. I think that's interesting that he doesn't see anyone as a person because it does go, it, it does pair with Simon's feelings towards Nulls really interestingly. No, I know it's like kind of like on the same wavelength in a weird way. They have more in common than they think. Yeah, they do. Really? And it's, it's yeah. very scary and very interesting. Uh, it is. It is revealed that the ejecting of cars is the 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 train cars reacting to the anomalous code that is Hazel walking around. So um, the rip to the one one is evil theory, I guess. But um. <laughs> the fact that he didn't even know about them at all is like way funnier and way more of a burn to me than that they assumed it's way he was darker with too. him. It's so like like it is way darker. It's like oh man, my opinion of one one is like not great, but I don't want to spend too much time talking about it here because yeah, I, 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 it, it's very possible him. the last two episodes bring him up. I don't know, maybe, maybe. I mean, that, the, uh-huh. there's a lot of uh, things we we can like begin talking about, I, like final final predictions. But just uh, briefly, are there any things in in these episodes you guys want to touch on before we begin wrapping up? Um, I did appreciate the, like, sprinkled, like, bits of humor in the campfire car. Like, the one, like, the, what is it, the lantern being like, <laughs> is it just lighted out here, or is it me? And I was oh, like, such a dad joke. <laughs> it's so good. I also or, like, like the, the rocks, rocks kissing. Uh, yeah, yeah, so the, the rocks it, making it, out, I was like, whoa, okay. Well, well they, were, they were arguing, too, so it's like a bit of an angry smooching going on. So yeah. I love, like, well, well, where would you have us go? Oh, down by the lake. Like, <laughs> they were just so upset about it. I loved it. Um, and uh, any, anything else? Um, I really liked the little moment in camp, the campfire car, where the rock just goes out. Oh, it's because, yeah. like, we saw it in the first. Um, we saw it in that first episode. The rocks get lit up when they're like, I think, when they're getting hit by other light, essentially. So it's just this really beautiful and tragic moment when she puts it in the shade and it just goes out, and it's really sad. <laughs> Yeah. Like, there's so many sad moments in Campfire Car. It's like Tuba's tombstone. That's what I thought The Rock was. And I was like, yeah. oh, man. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. good. <laughs> uh, Michelle, any, any last details from these episodes? I mean, I no. Okay. <laughs> I'm actually I'm, drained yeah. from the-, the majority of the day doing stuff about this. But I am, like, really curious how it's going to get wrapped up. I mean, part of me wonders if... Simon's like gonna try to reach the apex first and like use that kid army against 
Well, let's like, go to final predictions. Yeah. Is that is that your 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 prediction? Yeah. For, well, for yeah. But the problem with that is like Simon doesn't know how to talk to those kids, and I feel like the second <laughs> it shows up, like they'd listen to her over him because she's established more relationships with them, even if they're like really shallow and manipulative. Their relationships. So honestly, I'm more worried about Simon being like alive than anything else because like Amelia's there, she's got her belt. Like I feel like Hazel's gonna be fine. But Grace and Simon's relationship's like the biggest thing in jeopardy, I guess. Everything else, like, I feel like it's going to get worked out somehow. Okay, okay. Uh, April, any any final predictions you want to make? Um, I 100% predict that the relationship between Simon and Grace is going to explode. Hey. Um, like, <laughs> it's unavoidable at this point. Um, I, I feel like there's just going to be a lot that comes out of that uh, i like michelle's idea of simon trying to go raise the apex kid army <laughs> but i feel like at like the end like at the end of all of this like one one's just gonna end up like interjecting and like stopping it in some way or like like he's gonna make an appearance and he's gonna like inter intervene in a sense but i'm not really sure like how uh so and i don't know what's gonna happen i think hazel's gonna be fine that or she'll like help lead the apex kids um because so grace cool. is definitely leaving this train so <laughs> yeah, grace gotta go grace you need to leave take hazel with you um <laughs> i wouldn't let hazel leave though. that's the like the sucky part about it yeah that's true um, Maddie, any final final predictions? Uh, I don't know if I, I think I predicted a fair bit with si- Simon, so I don't really have anything else right. to say on that topic. But I will say, I think it's really interesting how this show, over the course of the three seasons, is showing how people can be viewed very differently based on who is seeing them. Specifically, one one in this case, all of our protagonists view one one as very different figures maddie i hate this you're blowing up my review hot takes so much today (laughs) (laughs) Uh, oh oh, yeah look up uh purview productions on youtube it's from the overly animated channel it's going straight to look up up on the overly animated channel to see michelle's takes that Uh, i think are wrong i spent all day editing this video and maddie comes in and just says all stuff anyway maybe i don't need to post it anymore (laughs) oh oh, did i say everything Said, is not everything but like half of it low-key yes <laughs> still post people are desperate for infinity trade uh, and stuff uh, um they'll, they'll like your reactions as well we're on the same uh, like michelle yeah. we uh, are uh, very much on the same reaction all i want for the five episodes is a i want hazel to get some, at least a couple of hits in on simon because oh I think my it is god you want to punch you I love that, Alex. <laughs> but, but, uh, and I am interested to see if we're going to do anything with the Hazel-Amelia relationship. Like, because, like, we're set, we set up an episode 8 that's, like, sort of trying to create Alric. But, like, there's obviously, like, a burgeoning mother-daughter dynamic there. So I, I wonder if uh, if we're going to, like, go, like, are they going to, like, stay together or whatever once the Grace and Simon go to wherever they're going but uh i i just want hazel to have a good life and i, I hope i hope That's that all I want. in some way speaking of that the moment where she talks about the pancakes to amelia is just adorable but also so heartwarming 
Hazel's so good at that stuff. Like, I love the way she cuts the tension of the the memorial when she's just like, I need to go to the bathroom. It's like, thank goodness for you. It's like, I don't know how to feel better, but you created a great segue. Yeah. Thanks, Hazel. And it's such a six-year-old thing to do. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, with, with all that, we will be waiting for the final two episodes of Infinity Train. Uh, book three, uh, what are they titled? Uh, the, Ori- the Origami Car and the New Apex. Uh, I new did, it's the first one that doesn't end in car. That's I think that is. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, the, those episodes, we'll be back to talk about those next week. Until then, you can find more information about our podcast at overlyanimated.com. Uh, as mentioned, you can find uh, Michelle's video review of these episodes uh, at the Overly Animated YouTube channel. Uh, you can join us on Discord if you want to chat with us about Infinity Train or any other show we cover here at OverlyAnimated.com slash Discord. You can support us financially via Patreon at Patreon.com slash OverlyAnimated. Thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Cat's Hess. Uh, thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, Ryan, Steve, Beatrice, Hugh, Michael, Needle, and Phonition. Uh, besides Infinity Train, we are also covering uh, Owl House uh, with some frequency. We recently did a podcast on Amphibia. Uh, we, so we, we, we cover a wide variety of shows here. Um, you can also catch our continuing uh, Studio Ghibli rewatch series. Uh, we just did Spirited Away, which is a very uh, well-known movie. So if you've watched that, you can check that, that podcast out as well. A lot of interesting discussion there. Um, but yeah. Until then, uh, the train, the the podcast train, will be back for one more station next week. Uh, <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's the yeah, podcast. Yeah, that, that, that was that was very smooth of me. Um, th- oh, thanks for it's, listening. It's especially smooth when you call it out. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's the peak <laughs> of smooth coolness. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, thanks for listening, <laughs> and we'll talk to you later. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.